0: Welcome to T V Break, the popbreak.com's monthly roundup of all the ins outs of the world of TV. I am Pop Break Podcast's director, Alex Marcus, and I am joined, as always, by DJ Father Christmas, aka Pop Break Editor in Chief, Bill Vodkin. How are you today, Bill?
1: I'm doing great. My new playlist is going to drop probably the week of Christmas. Got some real good bangers and bops on there. I'll drop it on the Pop Break social media. And if you think I'm joking, I am 100% doing it.
0: I can't wait to hear that. It's going to be great. It's so good. Now, speaking of uh, this festive time of year, he just taped his audition for the next year of the Great British Baking Show Celebrity Holiday Edition. It's Pop Break TV columnist Josh Jernacki. How are you doing, Josh? You think you can – have what it takes to be Joel McHale next year.
2: <laughs> That's hard. hard. It, it. it depends if i can you know just butter up paul enough if i can get on paul hollywood's good side i think there's a chance
0: see now when you say butter him up and we're talking about baking i have all sorts of images in my head um, <laughs> but you speaking of exciting images of the holiday season we know that it is my favorite time of the year which is year in review season this month we are excited to ring in the new year with a special look back at 2023's best series biggest stories and most important streamers we're going to kick things off with, as we always do, with our new series spotlight check in, where we check in on all of the series we started and most likely didn't finish. <laughs> now, this year we reviewed 11 new series, uh, and some were certainly more successful than others. Previous years, we tried to select a mix of series we all might like then that didn't really yield any good results i was the only one who watched any of them so i said (laughs) screw you guys i'm just gonna pick the shows that i want to watch and it turns out that actually worked because last year seven out of ten series uh i finished uh five out of ten series josh finished which was really good and bill finished a whole two series last year so that was a record for him this year we tried hard to stick to the most kind of important headline grabbing releases we could find uh big franchises big movie stars uh and now we get to find out how many we actually finished all right so now it's time to uh, jump into january where of course we watched the instant classic Netflix's The Witcher Blood Origin, which is, of course, a prequel miniseries uh, about the Witcher franchise. Now, that was the first thing I had ever seen of The Witcher, and it is most likely the last, because I did not like it at all. Uh, Josh, did you like it enough to finish? Because I certainly didn't.
2: Nope. It was so bad, it made me not even watch the latest season of The Witcher. So that and the whole casting of it all.
0: Yeah, which you didn't want to hang with Henry-, Henry Cavill one last time because you knew he was getting replaced.
2: No, it was it was too hard to say goodbye. So I just said, I'm just going to ghost you instead. Sorry, Henry. <laughs>
0: so uh bill i'm pretty sure i know the answer to this one did you finish this i did yeah that's i'm live, sorry man.
1: so so the answer is it's like bill why would you do that you, there's so many great shows throughout the four seasons we've done so far that you haven't watched okay so usually alex is like watch two episodes so i watched two episodes i didn't realize it was a three episode miniseries so i'm like well, screw it. I have to get to the end now. It's so bad. I just wanted to see how badly it finished. And guys, let me tell you a little story about Witcher blood origin. Whatever you think could have happened, it was worse it is so bad i wrote a review of it for the site too it was like one of the first things i wrote for 2023 it is just unforgivably bad and it's like michelle yo you know won an oscar this year this is something this is a project she will never ever ever talk about
0: no nope. um, now, bill yeah. i have to tell you you're trying to get let yourself off easy but this no. miniseries actually had four episodes so you watched a whole Ooh. two more than you need I to do yes <laughs> <laughs>
2: You can't there, even remember the last one. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. It's so bad. I did finish it. Cause I'm like, screw it. I have to finish because I got like, or maybe I got three and a half episodes in. That's why. Cause I watched like two, cause they're not long episodes. So I'm like, all right, fine. Cause this year I was like, I'm going to finish more shows. Just to prove to Alex and Josh that I have it in me. Little did I know Bill vs. the MCU was nothing but TV series this year. So it's really <laughs> hard for me to finish other shows.
0: did and switch. Uh, okay, let's see <sighs> if you lived up to that hope and dream of yours in February when we watched Peacock's Poker Face. Did you finish that show? I sure did. I loved it. It was one of my favorite shows of the year. Ryan Johnson uh, is excellent in the TV format, and Natasha Lone as our modern day Columbo with impeccable series of uh, famous guest stars every week. Just perfect, perfect procedural television. I loved it. Bill, did you finish it?
1: Well, you know Natasha Lone, she was a real saucy boss. As if you watch TV or any old Navy commercial recently, that'll drive you up a wall. She was great. I love this show but I didn't finish it because I kept convincing my wife I'm like you have to watch this with me and she was just like I'm just going to watch catfish for the 400th time and uh so no I did not get through it but it's still on my list I want to try and get through it before season it's never 2 Never too late never too late but I don't we know. have no idea at, when at this season point. 2 will start so I got point. nothing but time <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes uh, Josh how about you
1: I also
2: have not but I've really wanted to because I know how much you've loved it Alex and I, I trust your opinion so much but just I I just don't watch peacock so I just haven't had a chance to go to it
0: you'd love it. It, it you I really think that you would enjoy a couple there's one episode that is just completely skewering Kathy Kennedy and Lucasfilm in a way that's just like very fun insider baseball stuff uh and yeah it's just a blast uh just gordon levitt plays one of the worst uh biggest douchebags that he's ever played on screen which is really fun because yeah. he's always like mr likable and he is very unlikable in the episode which you know uh he enjoyed doing so uh yeah very very fun hope you guys both catch up with it now march we moved on to our <laughs> trilogy of disastrous amazon prime picks um Ooh. unfortunately uh because we we started out with daisy jones on the six uh which of course is a sort of like uh what if we made a mini series about a famous band that didn't actually exist but pulled from a lot of references to bands that did exist uh and we talk about it and stars kaylee kuko or no no nope. <laughs> no nope. <sorry>. does not <laughs> does not stop Riley keogh Riley <laughs>
1: close enough wow, that's <laughs> close that's enough. <laughs> usually a bill mistake right there
0: <laughs> That's like a full on malapropism Okay uh <laughs> starring Riley keogh uh who of course is uh, has a long lineage of uh of musician actors in her family so uh we had optimistic optimistic uh hopes and dreams for this uh I watched the first like two episodes and I found it to be really flat and dull and just, like, not what I hoped it could have been. It felt like it was kind of made for, like, it felt like a miniseries from, like, the year 2002 that would have aired on ABC for some reason, and it just oh, seemed yeah. like a potential that had so much more. But uh, critics, I will say, you know, who stuck with it said that it really got very good, and, and uh, many people really enjoyed it, but I I couldn't stick with it that long enough to see if it would. Uh, Bill, did you?
1: Oh, no way. Um, so, I know our film editor and Carpico loved the series. Um, it just felt way too much like behind the music. Like, I've seen this a million times, you know? It's like the that, that greatest hits package you keep hearing over and over and over by one band recycled into other bands, and you're just like,
0: nah, I'm good.
1: Um, just didn't pull it, like you said, very flat, very paint-by-numbers for me.
0: And, like, the cinematography on it is just, like, big, kind of bright, like, network studio lights the whole time, you know? Yes. And it needed something that was, I think, more raw, more gritty, more kind of, like, you're in the mud with this, like, 70s rock band as their interpersonal relationships are exploding. And that's just not the vibe that I got from the show. But, Josh, did you stick with it? Oh, no way. No,
2: no. (laughs) (laughs) No chance. No. I have no desire to go back to this either. No, Okay. I, I, uh... Wow. As much as I like Fleetwood Mac, i like I don't need to see
1: this Fleetwood Mac rip-off show.
0: Yeah. Just well, make sure you were not show.
1: You were more against it than me and I think I hate Fleetwood Mac, so it's <laughs> <just> like <laughs>
0: Fleetwood Mac story has so much potential, and I understand that it would probably be hard to make it while everybody's still alive and everybody has to agree, because the whole thing about them is that like they don't agree on who was wrong and who was right and what went wrong and all that stuff. But that would make such a good kind of uh, loosely, uh, it's like uh, fictional uh, story, kind of like the Velvet goldmine that came out about kind of you know the glam age of 70s british rock which is inspired by all of those people and you know exactly who it is but uh it's not technically those people we need that this i thought might be it it is not uh so we're gonna move on to april where we stuck with amazon prime video and we watched a sci-fi show called the power which was this sort of long in development high profile series with lots of famous people many of those famous people eventually left the show before it came out and got recast uh we wanted to see it's basically about like what if girls have super teenage girls become the most powerful people on the planet because of superpowers uh i think that at the time when we recorded it all three of us felt like it had potential but we didn't have faith that prime video could kind of execute on its potential uh so i'm curious if that meant that either of you stuck with it i did not i will just put that out there right now i did not finish uh the show josh did you
2: i think that was one that i said i would and i absolutely did not i uh i did not follow through on that you Uh,
0: minnesota niced it as you are wont to do i did i did and
2: i'm not even from minnesota i live in iowa guys it's different (laughs) you live in pennsylvania yeah but i previously lived in iowa
0: (laughs) don't ruin this his 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 iowa mystique bill come on
2: (laughs) my mystery
1: it's all gone now
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay bill how about you
1: I forgot what the show was even about until you <laughs> described it. That's how much it stuck with me. I sat there and I'm like, wait. I'm like, which one is this? Is this the Amazon Prime futuristic one with John Cusack? Is this the one with that was at a Comic Con? That's Utopia, I think. Yeah, was this the one that was no, Utopia? Yeah. Was, <laughs> the was this the, show. I'm like, was this the one with J.K. Simmons and Sissy Basic? Like, <laughs> nice what <skies>. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't remember what the show was, so obviously I did not go.
0: Okay. Well, sorry, The Power. And it also, I believe, did get canceled after the season. So uh, we were right to believe that they did not. Have what it took to to execute on that vision and stick with it. So good instincts by us. Speaking of uh, very expensive visions uh, that Prime Video dunked huge amounts of money into, uh, our May television show was Citadel, the kind of Russo brothers produced. Uh, show about spies on the run that was that cost like a billion dollars, apparently, and uh, ended up feeling a lot like a USA show from about 10 years ago. So, uh, Bill, did you end up sticking with this? I know I famously only watched the first episode of this, didn't even make it to a second episode. I
1: know so- I actually watched more episodes of this than you, which I'm very proud and disappointed in myself <laughs> at the same time. But um, no, I didn't stick with this because, like you said, this felt like a very Disposable USA, you know, again, felt like very uh ABC, like this would have been on CBS or ABC type production value. It just didn't. Rob Madden and Priyanka Chopra, I didn't feel it had a lot of chemistry in this. And I just was like, I, I'm okay with watching anything else but this. Uh, I know it's back for a second season mostly because we're like, shit, we sank so much money into this. um But.
0: And yeah, I also no. think it actually did decently.
1: Oh, yeah, it did. In terms of
0: ratings, like, you know, as far as we can tell anyway, you know, ratings for streaming services are also mysterious. But it does seem like people did actually tune in and watched it on the back of some really famous stars. And and the kind of late sort of, you know, uh, Bella Bajario of Netflix has kind of made this whole image campaign for Netflix is like we're out for gourmet cheeseburgers now. And this really feels like a gourmet cheeseburger type show. Uh, and, um, Josh, did you dig in? I
2: didn't even watch one episode. I wasn't there for that. <laughs> but, oh. so, <laughs> no, that, that was my brother who had to watch that. All oh, right, um, I but got I, my surprise confused. <laughs> I listened to you guys talk about it, though, and I decided, nope, I am not gonna watch this. That's so, a first. That's no, a first. I, I skipped it. Um, I'm sorry. I know... Alex, you had such high hopes for it because it had your boy Dickie Mads in it. And- yeah, Mads.
0: But I'm Dickie sorry. Mads with an American accent just like completely, I mean, cut his legs out from underneath him in a way that was just like a true cruel, cruel fate for us to have to endure.
1: What was that Netflix show he had that like a billion people watched, but I like never got the a second season agent? no it's very much like that bodyguard I, bodyguard. bodyguard yeah yeah, yeah. it was like a huge hit for netflix i'm like and they never made a second season of it and i'm just like that's
0: weird i guess yeah, the well, night it was a was british a co-pro i believe and so i think that was probably part of it and also like richard Madden, like then he just did a bunch of movies so i don't think he wanted to do another tv show at that point the, By the eternals time... a movie I, well it certainly <laughs> is at it's, least it's long a, enough it's... for one and a half movies <laughs> <laughs> uh but speaking of things that could have been a movie and probably was in development as a movie for a while we're moving on to june when we're hitting our uh disney plus entry on the list american-born chinese this is of course an adaptation of the comic book of the same name about a american-born chinese teenage boy who also ends up hanging out with the son of a god and gets into all sorts of fantasy shenanigans while dealing with uh low-key racism in a small town high school josh did you finish this?
2: Finally, yes. I did finish this Yay. one. Josh is <laughs> it, on
0: the board. It
2: took us half the year, but we finally got to one that I finished. <laughs> and one that I loved. So I, I really enjoyed this. I know I loved it when we first talked about it. It took me a while to finish it, but once I did, um, I absolutely enjoyed the ride and would recommend it.
0: I also finished this, and I also enjoyed it. I think it was maybe not quite as good as I hoped it could be, because um, I thought the story had a lot of potential, and it kind of, you know, it got a little bit janky there in the middle when it became a bit too much in my opinion focused on the fantasy stuff we get like a whole flashback episode taking we place do. in like the distant past of Eternia or whatever like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very
2: stylized flashback
0: it certainly is uh and yeah I don't know it it kind of lost me a little bit in the middle but I think it's a very nice likable show uh I just kind of uh felt like it For me, it could have been better, but it had like a live action anime quality to it, in my opinion, as someone who doesn't know anything about anime. So that's why I really encouraged Josh to finish it, at least. And I'm glad that he did and he liked it. Would you agree, Josh, that it has a sort of live action anime vibe?
2: Oh, I'd agree. I mean, there's definitely a lot of references built into it um it's also like very much in the same vein as like um Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon like they also wear those references uh pretty yeah and clear. Michelle
0: Yao in this show as well double dose of Michelle Yao this year for TV Rake also uh Kiki Kwan is in it uh, giving a really really strong performance as basically oh. kind of like contending with his own legacy of being a sort of punchline uh Asian figure and trying to come out of the cultural consciousness of that, being grateful for the opportunity that he had, but also kind of reckoning with the way in which it was kind of patronizing and Mm -hmm. and minimizing at the same time. Uh, A lot more than you would have expected for a show like this, which is mostly kind of like a YA fantasy show uh, to dive into, but I found it to be a really great acting showcase for him and a much better part for him than his more high-profile television part this year in Loki, where he mostly had to be kind of like, you know, what if Data, but an adult and in the MCU, which is like he does that well, and I'm glad that he got to do it with the Marvel paycheck, but this actually let him be a whole person um, and um, while reckoning with his legacy, and I thought that was pretty cool. Bill, yeah. did you watch the show?
1: I got about halfway through it, and then life happened, uh, but I did get halfway through it, and I really enjoy it, and I am kicking myself. When I saw it on the list, I'm like, oh, damn it. I never finished it. Um, It was really good. I really, really enjoyed just how it felt like a true YA show that had like a good heart to it, but very, very, very good in regards to the high concept fantasy and martial arts aspect of it. It never, one never was cheapened for the other, which often you will see in that, in, in shows like this. So I was really happy with it. And I definitely want to like, like poker face, which I almost just called peacock. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I I definitely want to actually finish this uh because it it was a really good show yeah, and i feel perfect. like kind of lost in the shuffle for disney yeah, plus it-
0: it came mm. out in June. It came out like in around a lot of, uh, you know, bigger kind of mm. things and also the strike and everything like that kind of ate up a lot of entertainment talk around mm. that time. So I think it kind of just got about a week's worth of conversation and then it kind of fell off. Um, and that's too bad. I thought it might pop up again at the end of the year, but people aren't really talking about it. I-, I think maybe because it really is more of a YA show than a all ages show like the Marvel shows are where it's like it works for kids, but it's also made for you know, 35 year olds, uh, this is not really, this is really made for like, you know, it feels like prime, like nine to 11 is like the key demographic for there. And, uh, and, but it doesn't talk down to its audience. It's just like no. kit, kit pitched right to that in a way that I think if I was a kid, I probably would like it more. Um, A show that uh, I could not like more, no matter how old I was, uh is a show that we covered in july that bill got to skip out on uh Uh, which is of course disney Plus's (laughs) secret invasion he skipped out on that review anyway uh if not for watching the show um so i i do know though bill that you watched it because we just recorded our bill versus the mcu episode on it that's of course disney Plus's secret invasion uh josh did you finish the show
2: uh i wish i hadn't but i did (laughs) and i got to see emily clark with the drax arm and Which that is, will never uh, leave my brain. Any Jack
0: Iron,
1: I mean, that was that the happened. least of my problems with that show. It
0: wow. was the punctuation mark on a sentence of me screaming in agony while watching it. <laughs> 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 Uh, I think I got a, I think
1: I got a text blow by blow of how you felt about that while it was happening.
0: Most likely. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm coming on socially distanced this week. I don't care. I need to vent on how much I hated this finale. And I did. And you could go back and listen to that if you'd like. And like I said, uh, in next week, we're going to be, you can listen to our episode where of Bill versus the MCU, where I revisited secret invasion for that podcast. And I did rewatch it all the way. So this is the only no. show on this list that I can be positive that uh, some on this panel watched not once but twice this year uh and it is probably well i don't know if it's the worst thing on this list but it's in the conversation at least
2: i can't believe you did (sighs) that to
0: yourself alex i did it was very enlightening and you'll have to hear why uh when you tune into our episode next week in the meantime let's talk about a show that Uh, i did not tune into another episode of
1: i I didn't I, i did not give my thought on it yet
0: oh well i spoke for
1: you <laughs> so i'm a little there are i'm a little kinder to this show than alex uh, it's bad but there are some good performances in here uh there was a hope and a dream that was this show um alex has a great theory on our you're on like Anne hathaway
0: in les Mis right now talking about a yeah, yeah, dream that's that an that's
1: Anne hathaway. <laughs> Anne hathaway who filmed a movie in my town like three months ago um it's honestly it's like there was a good movie in here or a good show in here alex has a great theory on bill versus the mcu so if you watch that i really ask want you to listen to that because i think it's a really great theory on how you kind of how this whole thing gets reconciled. But I will say for it has some good performances in here. It's just an utter train wreck.
0: Speaking of train wrecks, Bill, uh, our August episode, we did the uh, Can't Miss uh, Paramount Plus television show, Special Ops Lioness, which had Zoe Saldana and Nicole Kidman. um, And Mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman in in my favorite role of hers as woman who is in a suit and sits at a table uh, once per episode. (laughs) Uh, The Emmy goes, too yeah um so uh guys this was a terrible show uh did did either of you watch more than i did which was two episodes
1: oh, i don't no. think so i don't think i got to the second episode because i was so mad <laughs> it's just yeah. like do they know how to write a woman <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel that way uh it was it was a bad show it's a bad, but you know what? I bet you a million people watched it because of two words: Taylor Sheridan, and he can do no wrong right now.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, there's another number of ways in which we could parse that sentence, but I'll just mm. let it stand. Uh, Josh, did you finish the show?
2: No, I, I did not, and you could not pay me to. I uh, I would rather watch Zoe Saldana in that T-Mobile commercial fifty times in
1: a row then watch sure. the show again. I'm actually yeah. actually if someone out there wants to pay me to finish the show,
0: I'll totally do it for money.
1: Uh but not for love. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: Well, something that we got n- neither from uh, is our next show, which is uh, <laughs> September's MGM Plus is "The Winter King," starring <laughs> Ian DeCastecker of Agents of Shield as uh, King Arthur, kind of, uh, at least based on the first two episodes that I watched, uh, or I only watched one. I believe Josh watched two for the for the review. Bill, I yeah. think you only watched one as well. I did not continue uh, because this was this was basically. Uh, a show where it was promising us a lot of interesting stuff and then it took all of the interesting stuff and was like yeah don't worry about that he, this is the real story and it was like the most boring thing you could imagine uh so i was like no i'm good uh josh did you pursue this any further
1: no i couldn't i couldn't torture myself that much so, i i had a co-worker who tried convincing me
0: it was a really good show
1: and i i just kind of said under my breath as they left the room i'm like this is why I don't trust your opinions. Uh, because. And
0: he said, What was that? And you're like, No, noth- noth- nothing.
1: No, then he said, What was that? I'm like, I don't trust your pop culture opinion. Because, <laughs> 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 uh, like, this is like, you know, you have that one person you know you work with that, like, say, like, This show's great. And you're like, This show's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, you know, and it's that person who really loved Winter King. Uh, our boy Fitz, listen, he tried. He certainly tried. Yeah,
0: he was not in enough of the show. <laughs> it's no. not his fault. He gave a good performance. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, not good. Um, moving on to October, and man, we really just like that. Our summer was pretty rough. <laughs> like, our fall wasn't of, too much better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of these shows—they were really big. Big budget shows, lots of publicity. I mean, you know, the Winter King less so, but there, you know, the strike, there wasn't a lot to watch in September, <laughs> regardless. Uh, and, and but there is lots of swings and misses uh, on this list. But October, we returned to, Power Mo- uh, to Amazon Prime Video. We took them out of the penalty box to check in on the boys' extended universe by watching Gen V. I watched this whole show. I watched every episode. I I was the most positive of uh, the three of us in that review. Um, and I ended up really enjoying most of the season because the first episode really has a lot of edge lorty kind of attention grabby stuff that was really annoying, but it also established some characters that had potential. And I think for the most part, they then executed those characters very well throughout the season uh, and told a really kind of cool story about teens coming together with superpowers to try to take on the evil uh, institution that was their college uh, at the time and the wider world. Um, and then it ends in a bit of a, like, fuck you <laughs> way that is, that was... Uh, frustrating, but also a very interesting cliffhanger, so um, yeah, I guess it. it lo- uh, there was a time when I was like, this might be in my top 20, it's a little bit lower than that for me now, but I'm very glad that I watched it, and it's certainly on this list of shows among the the better ones but josh you were pretty mixed on it in our review did you stick with it
2: no i didn't go back to it i i know you enjoyed it so that or you like parts of it so that made me interested in giving it another try but i don't know, just like so much of like the the shock gross out factor stuff that like i saw in the first episode just did not make me want to come back
0: yeah and that stuff for the most part is really bookended in the first and last episode more than anything else um although there is a storyline where like an investigative journalist gets taken down by spoiler alerts they reveal that he likes to (laughs) have sex with anything that has a hole in it including donuts and trees and uh then gets blackmailed um with that information so you know it doesn't completely ever walk away from that sort of humor but it really is a lot more than that for a long time uh and then and then you know the finale happened so bill what do you what do you think you hated this? like significantly uh (laughs) uh, you watch that show on the wrong day
1: (laughs) yeah i i probably did um that that line about the investigative journalist has really sunk me a little bit more because like i have this problem with the like i have this thing where i i remember i watched the first couple episodes of the first season i'm like oh i kind of like this never went back to it It stop me if you heard that from me before but i always am like should i go back i keep hearing stuff i hear invincible i hear this and that and I just don't know, like, and like, it's just, they oh, make it invincible.
0: hard is not related to the boys at all it, it's also on prime it was, but it's oh, not okay. it's not okay. in that universe totally different so. universe much much better show one that i think you would probably like a lot more because it's okay. a lot more earnest and see, less I, th- ed- I thought it there's was, no like edgelordiness to it it's see, like some it, the violence is is intense sometimes yeah. but it's cartoon violence so
1: but it's see. like so i thought it was of the same ilk and even if not related yeah. but of the same ilk and cut from the same cloth you know what i mean and yeah. and so that's it's, the thing Invincible
0: I just, is basically like what if you merged spider man and Superman and made it one character wow. and then like mishmashed their, their continuity. So, okay. So that
1: putting that aside for a
0: second, like the boys, like, it's just always like I hear stuff and I'm like,
1: I should watch it. And then there's stuff like Gen V or like stuff that something happens that I just I read or I watch something and I'm like, I just can't fully commit to it like i want to i think like 20 years ago this would have been like myspace bill bodkins like number one show i would be watching it all the time but 42 year old daughter of a nine-year-old bill is just like ah fuck you guys. like I, I just don't have time for this shit uh but they yeah. keep they keep pulling me back like i just saw the trailer for season four and i'm like ah maybe i don't know (laughs) you know it's a tough one for me
0: and now that brings us to our last one which i don't think is a tough choice uh for any of us here that is of course november's review apple tv Plus's lessons in chemistry as a huge fan of Drew larson i really wanted to like this show i know of people who are really enjoying it as it continues Uh. to air like has just wrapped up and i'm so happy for them that they're getting something out of this But I think I'm going to make 630 BJ Novak's uh, depressed dog uh, really even more sad because I I did not continue watching this past the first few episodes that we talked about. Josh, did you give it another shot or was the talking depressed dog too much?
2: You know, going into our podcast last month, I was going to watch the rest of this. Like I was like, okay, this is not bad. I kind of like this. And then you dropped that bomb on me during our recording. (laughs) And I said, well, it's been real. Sorry. I'm not coming back to the show. <laughs> so, no, I have not. And I just removed it from my Up Next on Apple TV. So wow. it's, a, it's, it's a no just for me.
0: Erase it from your history. That's, oh, that's brutal. If you
1: pulled a David Zaslav thing. just deleted it off of his hard drive. Um, my no. brother-in-law's girlfriend tried explaining to me at my birthday dinner tonight that um, this is an easy breezy show that you can check your uh, brain at the door at and watch. And I was just like, we didn't watch the same show i said i don't know what you're talking it's a about, show and I about said, like
0: sexual assault and i sy- should, and systemic racism and grief like, what?
1: and you also have to learn about science in it like there's literally <laughs> science in it and it's just like and then she's like well you know and i said then i explained the dog thing to like my brother-in-law and my wife and they're like
0: uh-huh.
1: how can you watch this <laughs> uh so yeah i just i i i,
0: I, I know of several nice people who Happy also like them. this show and mm-hmm. um and i don't mean to be mean towards them i'm glad they're getting something out of it but it's a no for me dog okay moving on <laughs> <laughs> <This is> christ <laughs> Hey, I'm Allie Nelson, and I love romantic thrillers. And I'm Tyler McCarthy, and
2: I don't know much about romantic thrillers.
0: Together, we host Not Couple Goals, where we discuss the best and, let's face it, worst in romantic thriller cinema.
2: We cover classics like Wild Things and Cruel Intentions.
0: And newer releases like The Boy Next Door and Deepwater.
2: Sometimes it's just us. Other times we're joined by great guests, including some of your Pop Break favorites. So, if like me, romantic thrillers are your
1: guilty pleasure,
0: or you were raised on Lifetime movies like me, join us every other Thursday on the Pop Break Today feed.
1: Hey, it's Bill Bodkin, Editor-in-Chief of ThePopBreak.com Join myself, Amanda Rivas, Al Manorino, and a cavalcade of awesome guests on the Socially Distanced podcast, the flagship podcast of ThePopBreak.com
0: And it's Amanda Rivas. If you're a pop culture obsessed nerd like we are, then you need to make Socially Distanced an integral part of your life. We talk all the things, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, everything on Disney Plus pretty much, as well as the hottest trending shows and news in the world of pop culture.
1: This is definitely Al Manorino and not Bill Bodkin. So listen to the Socially Distanced podcast every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can eventually get Disney Plus to give us advertising money. Please, we could use the money. I I have children.
0: So much more to do and including our next segment, which is, of course, our news break segment, where we usually talk about the biggest news story of the month. But this time we're going to be sorting through the biggest TV story that we covered this year on the podcast. So last year, all three of us agreed that the absolute biggest story in TV was what is now come to be known as the great Netflix market correction, uh, which doesn't really have an exciting ring to it, but, you know, financial analysts, you know, branding is ironically not their strong suit. Uh, So, so, uh, and that is, of course, when Netflix subscribers declined for the first time ever and Wall Street panicked, realizing that the hunt for 500 million subscribers may have been an overly ambitious uh, one and causing the streaming bubble to burst industry wide. Now, this year, we experimented a bit with our news segment a couple of times, partially because TV News was a bit less rambunctious in 2023 than it had been previously. Um, and that meant that we only had nine news stories to choose from instead of our usual uh, 10 or 11. So, Bill, which of the sh- news stories that we covered on the podcast do you think was the single most important one of the year?
1: Um, it's a, it, it was a tough one, but I am going to say that it was October was the end of the WGA strike. I believe that we, it was because that was the culmination of everything we talked about this year. Like the bulk of our year was talking about the strike, talking about the actor strike, the writer strike, and what was on the line in terms of streaming, in terms of AI, in terms of just payment. And I think that was the most important. I know we talked about the beginning, we talked about the middle of it, but I think the ending Mm -hmm. really was important because we brought all of it together to really talk about that. It really was, it really brought into question like everything we we talk about with TV, especially with streaming metrics. And what does all this this new contract, which we know is going to last about three years, what this means for the future of television as we know it for the uh, immediate future. And uh, that's why I had that. And my runner up is the, um, (laughs) if I had to pick a non strike story, it is what is Disney going to do with Hulu? Because that's
0: still a fucking question we got to ask. Yeah. Well, we know that they're going to buy it at least now for sure. Yeah, uh, but, but what know. they do with it once they've owned once they own it is uh, open question still. Josh, how about you? Did you go with something strike related? We had a number of strike related stories that we covered uh, this year.
2: Yeah, I'm going to make it two for two. I also have to make it the end of the strike um, mm-hmm. with the the combination of the the sag after strike in addition with the the writers. Uh, just I don't think there's been a story in the last year that's shaped the entertainment industry, not just television, terrestrial and streaming, but like. The entertainment industry overall more than the strikes and so we i mean we covered it several months we really did not know how it was going to end and you know we had our predictions and most of them were not completely accurate but we we did our best to uh, prognosticate and i mean it's shifted the landscape for you know certainly at least the next five years until they have to come back and do another deal so three years. It is three years sorry it's three years um so no, I think that is undoubtedly the biggest story. I mean, it was something that I think everyone felt on a, a level in terms of like, why do I only see these crappy game shows on TV anymore? It's like, well, because yeah. of the of and strikes. The,
1: <laughs> and the next six months of TV and movies, if not year, it's going to be wildly impacted by all of this.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the the domino effect of it and the way that it affected not just like the the industry, but also the viewers on like a individual basis. I think it's. There's no doubt in my mind that the the strike is the biggest story.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that neither of you picked our March um, story, which was, of course, Q4 earnings reports from all the major companies. I was really on one with that one. Uh, But no, (laughs) (laughs) no, that wasn't my pick. Uh, And I'm sorry for our listeners that I made you guys listen to the conversation. (laughs) I was way too inside baseball. Uh,
1: Sometimes you got to go, you know, high and tight. What can I tell you?
0: Exactly. But I'm going to mildly disagree with you guys. I don't think that the end of the strike in October was the biggest story. I think that the start of the strike... In June was the biggest story because it set the tone for what ended up being the last six months of uh, the industry of Hollywood, of movies and television and, and uh, media overall. It set those uh, ground rules clearly. It made it clear that it was going to be the people who were on the side of the WGA and everybody Versus the studios. The studios came out of that strike announcement looking very out of touch, seeming very elitist. The WGA's uh, demands seemed very reasonable to most people, and yet they were being categorized as completely Fanciful writers who have no, who are out of touch. And, and the studios lost that early battle in that week, that first week, and they never really recovered. It really set the, the tone for where everything was moving. Uh, and all of the issues that were brought up for the WGA strike, at least, well, not every single one, but uh, a significant number of the top line ones ended up becoming really important for the SAG strike as well. Later on, it became the thing that everyone talked about. And then a lot of that is because of how that strike announcement was delivered they really had an excellent uh campaign to get everybody on their side right away and it never broke and i think that that is maybe the most significant thing uh and uh, you know (laughs) we wouldn't we covered it for uh out of six months that the strike was going on um and the two times that we didn't cover it, it was basically because we were going to be recording at a time where it seemed like there might be an update in between when we recorded and when we <laughs> published. So <laughs> Which we kind of tried to every, avoid e- it.
2: Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I just think that the start of the strike was really the most important thing because that was the moment where things went from hypothetical to real. It was the moment where this, where the studio's turned into villains uh, in in like a real way that carried through the whole year and where, you know, the people were on the side of labor and that never broke. And I think that that is pretty remarkable given how a lot of these strikes have gone in the past where the studios have successfully kind of painted Hollywood talent as the elitists, as the entitled ones. And uh, this time around, they failed early and that was it for them for the whole time. And they really, they never made up any ground. Um, So that's why I have the start as the biggest story. Okay, now it's time to talk streaming wars. We will get into which streaming service we personally think had the best year. But before we do that, let's take a look back at the stats. First, right. as I like to do, I did check back with our 2022 best of episode to note that while Disney Plus and HBO Max tied for first in the cumulative rankings of 2022 with nine victories apiece, and Netflix and Apple TV Plus tied for third with four victories each, Josh and I decided to crown Apple TV Plus the winner of the year, while Bill, do you remember who you picked, Bill? Uh, no. Come on. Come on. Also Disney Plus, I guess. Well, that was a good guess because for a third year in a row, you had picked Disney Plus. That's correct. (laughs) I did.
1: Listen. I'm on it every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, this year, uh, the story is quite a bit different from that. And I have kept those cumulative rankings away from my co-hosts because I wanted to see just exactly what who they think won the most months uh, in our in our monthly segment. So, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think had the most yes votes? I'm going to go... Netflix. Bill, how about you? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. uh, I would have guessed Netflix as well. uh, And we all would have been correct because that is who got the most (laughs) votes. Uh, But the thing that's crazy is not that it won, but by how much it won. (laughs) Yeah because uh, so yeah <laughs> so our fourth place was a was a multi-race tie for fourth place we had Apple TV Plus Paramount Plus Hulu and Prime Video all came in fourth with two votes apiece okay. <laughs> uh, in third Insectable. place Third place, a really rough year for Disney Plus, guys, because it came in third place, uh, tied with Peacock, embarrassing no. showing from Disney Plus. Uh, and you want to guess how many months uh, that one? How many votes won? Three. For third place, three is correct. Yeah. Hmm. So second place, we have HBO Max slash Max, because of course halfway through the year they did change their name.
1: Uh, <laughs> and- <laughs> let's just talk about how that's such a shit box. Thing they,
0: they did <laughs> uh yeah but they still managed to come in second place and now we are kind of famously always optimistic about hbo max's chances uh for the next year uh when we're doing this and we're always like you know it didn't do as well as we thought it would do but next year they really have a lot of potential uh they got second place here do you want to guess josh guess how many votes over the course of the year hbo max max got to get second place five bill six it was four <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Second place was four. That means that Netflix got 15 votes for first yeah. place over the course of the year.
1: Yeah.
0: Just an absolute domination. That is unprecedented in our four years of doing this. So just a long amount of time. Typically, uh, you know, the, the like we said last year, we had a tie with nine votes each the time before that it was very close Um, the 15 vote domination by Netflix is just an incredible uh, sort of comeback, considering that last year, as we discussed, was a moment in time where Netflix was so catastrophically bad that it kind of sunk the entire streaming industry. Uh, What a bad year Netflix had. So they bounced back with a vengeance and kind of just blew away all competition and won the streaming wars outright. And some people think for good. Do you guys think that Netflix had the best year of any streamer
2: yes no i i think it's it's reflected in those numbers that you shared alex like netflix won without a doubt the cream rose to the top there's there's no question it is son of a bitch i had to i had to guys um just knowing how last year i was maybe of the three of us the one who was most on the rooftop saying the sky is falling at netflix everybody run for cover i cannot believe how wrong i was um because Netflix is like the Teflon of this. Like nothing, nothing sticks. Like, does it matter that they cracked down the password? Does it matter that they hiked up prices? Does it matter that they've had controversies? You know, they have continued to dominate. Um, Just looking at like the most recent quarter, Netflix gained $9 subscribers quarter disney plus was in second with 7 million paramount plus 2.7 peacock 4 max lost almost a million so there's no question that netflix has to like continue to like move forward and in addition like it's also had huge successes some of which we talked about here um others that you know have come up here and there we i think um on um, my other podcast we talked about one piece being yeah. a huge show um i know A lot of people have also really enjoyed uh, Beef um, and the new Scott Pilgrim show. It also had the show of the year, Suits, the hottest show that anyone's ever seen. Fucking Suits!
1: (laughs) We're going to expand the
0: Suits universe. Great, great.
1: There's two piece suits, three piece suits.
0: (laughs) Peacock. Peacock has on because. their streaming service the sh- the short lived, complete failed spin off of Suits uh, from several years ago, uh, and they're really trying to be like, "Hey guys, you like Suits? We have more Suits here. It's a spin off that got canceled. What was that and, uh, called? It doesn't matter, Bill, because no, no one cares. because no, 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 it's not I, on Netflix.
1: I need to fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> ties. It's called Ties. It's called Ties. It's called Slacks. Slacks. No, but.
2: I, all jokes aside, like Netflix dominated by all the the metrics I could think of. And I, I know I, I do, I do think that people who say that like, it's one, like the streaming awards, like flat out, like, I find that hard to debate at this point. I mean, I think Netflix has become synonymous with streaming the same way McDonald's is synonymous with fast food. Like, I, I think it's just, it's baked in at this point.
0: Much like the cockroach in your fast food dinner, it is baked into the pot. So Bill, (laughs) do you agree? Did Netflix win for you?
1: Yeah, it did, and, and jo- Josh took a lot of my words here. Teflon was a great one because we think about t- back to the strike. Who was and Alex? I think you said it. Who was the impetus for the strike? It's Netflix, right? Yeah. But who took the heat for it? Was it Ted Sarandos? No. Was it Netflix? No. It was David Zaslav and Bob Iger. They <laughs> took they took the hit for this, not Netflix. We uh, we talked about last year how it was like this the password cracking down. Great, more subscribers. Raise the price more subscribers and Netflix like you said is like like the McDonald's is even more than that it's just become almost a verb In my my real life job I deal with people who are you know older people who want to get our TV services and they said oh I need to Netflix it's become a verb and it's just the catch-all for streaming it's like when you talk about soda it's you order a, co- a Coca-Cola product. Wrestling is, oh, it's WWE. Copy machines is Xerox. It, they become synonymous with the thing that they are. And Netflix has become that. Every, it, it doesn't matter. Everyone has it because they've found a way to hit every niche. Whether it's if you're a kid, even though their animation department, from what I've been told by people in the animation industry, is like oh, a complete mess. Coco Melon is a massive hit. It's the devil's show. I've seen it. <laughs> it's fucking possessed but it is so popular suits why uh, uh, but it's like suits and like criminal minds and it's like all these other shows and then uh, that people just throw on the background then it shows like you and the bridge that bridgerton spinoff and georgia and whatever that one show that my wife watched that i want to burn myself alive watching um even wednesday like carried over midway through the year there's so many shows that just From there, just hit, and you look at the other streamers, and it's so rare that they have these shows that just stick in the top 5, 10 of, of, of Nielsen streamers, which, you know, you can take it as you will, but even in pop culture consciousness, those shows are out there more than Disney Plus shows, more than Paramount Plus shows more than anything else and it's all like stuff on the front page of their the damn site you know
0: yeah and i'm gonna so i also agree it was netflix for sure without a doubt i'm gonna take it a step further because everything you guys have said is correct the fact that this was at the beginning of the strike it was labeled the netflix strike people tried to get that going and that utterly failed because guess what when no one had any new things to watch they just turned on netflix we're like what's on netflix oh okay this thing that aired 15 years ago that I haven't seen before, I'll watch it, right? Netflix has the unique ability to turn things into huge hits, no matter where they're from, how old they are, how relevant they seem like they would be. Netflix can make them pop. They can sometimes make them pop for a weekend, for a month. Sometimes it becomes a long lasting hit. It doesn't really matter as long as they keep your attention. And it's so embarrassing how poorly everyone else has done compared to Netflix that if you go on Netflix right now, uh you can see movies such as super mario brothers uh Mm -hmm. wonder woman uh the new shazam movie fury of the gods which only came out a couple of months ago uh netflix has gotten like huge hbo shows like insecure right what has happened is as no they don't have this oh no they have um they have the pacific and this and six feet under yeah but so what has happened is that at a time where everyone else, all of the other streamers are sort of regrouping and trying to be like, we have to stop hemorrhaging money, please do something. And they're like, okay, fine, we will s- We need to sell some of our inventory short term so that way we can get some cash. Netflix is in the pole position to gobble all that up and be like, we'll take your content, no problem. We had fun with it the first time around, so let's do it again. Uh, and be- And that's... Crazy, because the whole thing about all of these other streaming services, the reason why we started streaming wars was because all of these studios said, hey we can make short easy cash if we just give our content to Netflix they're willing to pay and Netflix was like great i love that strategy please give us all of your stuff we'll give you money and then and then all of a sudden when when all of the studios weren't looking uh Netflix turned into a giant 200 million subscriber uh behemoth and then they were like oh no we let them turn create a huge company out of our co- content our products we need to create a rival uh, one, so that way we can win and and not let them profit off of our stuff. And they tried that, and it cost them so much money that they said, "Oh no, we are out so far in debt, we need to sell our content. We'll let Netflix do it because they're going to give us free money." It's like, guys, what are we on a merry-go-round here? Didn't we already do this? <laughs> so I think that's just a concession that this is that it's over. Yeah. It's over. Just Netflix about, one.
1: Yeah, just think about like the ridiculousness of it all. It's just like we started.
0: Ridiculousness st- is actually streaming on Paramount Plus. Definitely. No, no, no. So, it is now.
1: on twenty four seven on MTV two. It just never stops. Rob yeah. Deardorick does not sleep. It is.
0: He does basically a money laundering scheme at this point. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, it, it's.
1: The, <laughs> we got streamers to also get rid of commercials to just have everything at our fingertips. And all these studios also screwed themselves out of theatrical runs, video on demand money, licensing money, just for what, a seven, you know, for Disney Plus, a six ninety-nine subscription fee in the beginning. And I trust me, I'm on Disney Plus like every day. I love it. It's great. But look how like now it's just like you have to create an event to go to a movie because it's like, well, it'll be on Disney Plus or it'll be on Paramount Plus in three months. And now you have to like it's it's so wild how streaming changed everything and then it was like the hottest thing because of COVID. And then no one figured out, like, oh shit, we're just losing money hand over fist. We paid $200 million for Secret Invasion and didn't get us any subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and we've had I mean, Netflix had that same problem. And now it's like,
0: oh, we're fine. <laughs> it know? was a little bit more complicated than that, though. Because, well, of course, do I had really a situation... nuance
1: my arguments, <laughs> Alex? It's more like Bill <laughs> Bodkin has a thought than Zoom. <laughs>
0: it's my
1: ideas. And then, you know, so. It's...
0: Uh, thanks so much for blowing out the mic so many times on this episode. Uh, awesome. I try very but, hard. Uh, but no, I mean, the complication here is that Wall Street said, hey, you guys, we want you to compete with Netflix. The, we are we have decided that Netflix is important because they have hundreds of millions of subscribers so we want you to do everything possible so that way you can have hundreds of millions of subscribers too who cares if you make money because subscriptions equal money long term so it's fine just focus on the subs and they're like okay cool we're gonna dump hundreds of millions of dollars into this, billions of dollars into this so we can build out the infrastructure on the technical side and we can build out the products on the entertainment side and then as then the Netflix had literally one Bad months. And Wall Street was like, never mind. It's all about profit. Who cares about sub- subscribers? And everybody was like, but we had a five year plan and we're only two years in. And they're like, you're shit out of luck. Sorry. <laughs> so that's why all of a the sudden these companies look so stupid having amassed all of this debt because they all had this five point plan of being like, okay, we're going to amass a bunch of debt. But we're going to roll out. We're going to grow over the course of three to four years and we're going to hit profitability. And that seemed like a really good plan, except for right in the middle. Uh, all of their investors said hey fuck you we want the money now as it turns out <laughs> <laughs> and so they all looked dumb uh but i don't have a lot of empathy for them because they're also all the people who tried to screw all of the you know writers and actors and people and turn everybody into robots so you know i, I don't want to be too generous to them but that is the situation but because of that that just kind of in retrospect it makes it so clear that netflix was always the winner because if one bad qu- financial quarter can tank a whole sh- uh, division of the economy and that means you're the one who's in charge of that uh, division and I think we were fools to ever doubt them now it's time to move on to our final segment of the year as it turns out um we're gonna be talking about the best series of the year where we talk about our favorite series and then two runners up that we selected and i promise to stick with that this year i know sometimes i go long and list all 74 shows that i watched in, in order <laughs> i'm not gonna do that i know I'm it's open for any place. questions <laughs> If you'd like to know what number 61 or number 42 is, I'm happy to answer your questions. But for now, uh, we're going to talk about um, what we did last year for a few minutes, uh, because it's always fun to see if we can remember the shows that we loved so much only 12 months ago. And uh, Josh, I'm going to ask you, do you remember which three shows you highlighted for 2022?
2: I know my number one was Spy Family, mm-hmm. and beyond that, I can't remember.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Bill, how about you? Do you remember your number one or your runners-up? I up?
1: can remember.
0: I, I don't remember The Order
1: um, I'm going to say Stranger Things was in there.
0: That was your number one. Okay. A show that feels like it came out four years yeah, ago, but was technically really. only a year and a half ago.
1: I want to <laughs> say Andor. Nope. Okay. Because maybe that hadn't finished by the time we were recording. It
0: had not finished, okay, um, but so. it had gotten through two thirds of its season.
1: Uh, House of the Dragon. <laughs> nope. Motherfucker. That didn't mean. So I guess Miss Marvel. Yep. And, oh, yeah, that was too. Yeah, I don't remember the third one.
0: You. Do you really want to taste it? Oh, peacemaker! Yeah. Of Holy
1: shit! I thought that was <laughs> 2021. <laughs> to be
0: honest, with you, it uh, feels like it was, forever ago. <laughs> it was Q1 of 2022, so yeah. it did, it's we we're closer to it was closer to 2021 than it is to 2023. I, I think it that. came out the first weekend of 2022. Definitely January yeah. for sure. Um, maybe not the first week because that's like a dead time for media. But maybe I don't know. It that was too long ago to remember. <laughs> Who's to say? Uh, But you did love that, Eagly and all. Uh, You got an Eagly cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, which I'm sure warmed the cockles of your heart. Uh, But, uh, Josh, the other shows that you didn't say, I didn't want to say it because it would have maybe tipped Bill. Uh, Your other two was Miss Marvel and, of course, Severance, which was a show that we watched for the show. And you turned out you loved. My picks uh, were The Rehearsal, which I stand by. Fantastic show. Just nothing else like it. Pachinko, which, please, God, tell us when Pachinko is coming back. Like, you told me that it was going to start shooting a year ago. Where is season two of Pachinko? Just when is it going to air? I'd love to know. Um, And then a show that's not getting a second season, but maybe it could because uh, her sentencing was pretty wild. Uh, The Dropout, which is, of course, a miniseries about Elizabeth Holmes. So that That was was our 2022 Now it's time to crown our favorite of 2023. And as a reminder for people who might be listening to this a little bit later, we are recording this uh, the very first week of December. So if there's a couple of things that maybe haven't finished airing yet or that air uh, over the Christmas holiday uh, that you were surprised to not see us include, it's because it's December 3rd when we're recording. But Bill, I'm going to start with you. Who is your first runner up?
1: Okay, so this would be number three. Or number correct. Two. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I guess you're second runner up in, <laughs> yeah. in Beauty pageant turns.
1: <laughs> okay. So my number three will be HBO. Ma- oh, sorry, Max's series from the beginning of this year, The Last of Us, uh, which again also feels like it came out two years ago. But yes, The Last of Us was. An excellent mm-hmm. series. I know, Alex. We differ on this. This show. You'd uh,
0: be very mad to hear where it is. Oh, my- I'm going to
1: assume <laughs> it is in the second half of your rankings, way towards the bottom. It uh, is
0: definitely in the second half. That is a good guess.
1: Yeah, it's not that hard. Not a, that good of a guess because. <laughs> I can tell. Um, I I love this show. Um, you know, I was someone who uh, followed, you know, reviewed The Walking Dead for a very long time on this site, and uh, grew tired of the whole zombie post-apocalyptic subgenre. And I feel like they did a great job with this. Uh, Pedro Pascal uh, was absolutely phenomenal in it, as was oh, Bill. God damn it! Why did I forget the lead actress, lead performer's name? Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey, who's in my show my best friend produced. <laughs> um, so it's uh I thought Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal were excellent uh individually and together. I thought there was multiple episodes within this series. There are some of the best episodes of television I've seen this year. that of course the Nick Offerman episode was phenomenal. Um the Storm Reed, Bella Ramsey episode's amazing um i just loved everything about it. it it was it had me captivated every single week uh absolutely love this show cannot wait for season two if you didn't watch it or you haven't seen it in a long time definitely go back and check it out on uh the newly christened max platform
0: yes it's for the record it's number 52 on my list uh, i found uh, it to out be very, of out of 63 you son of a bitch. come
1: on <laughs> come on that's harsh man that's I,
0: harsh i found it to be very emotionally manipulative in ways that i resented but uh josh did it make your list no i haven't
2: even watched it all yet <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't make it the first episode it's too depressing oh
0: man <laughs> it's <laughs> further alert it doesn't get happy
1: <laughs>
2: yeah I, i'll get to it eventually it's definitely on my list of eventual uh shows to watch but so
0: what is in your number three of the year
2: so my number three was something that um alex i think you had been pressuring me to watch for most of the year and i finally did and i have to thank you because i loved it and it was shrinking Yay! i absolutely love this show it is so hilarious yet so uh, dark at times. It has a, like, a wonderful way of balancing its exploration of grief while also being just laugh out loud funny. Like There were times when I was watching this and I was afraid I was going to scare people by how loud I was laughing. I think that... <laughs> Harrison Ford is probably having the most fun he's had in years in this show like I don't think he's actually enjoyed acting this much in decades and it shows it shows that he's really like it's as much as he's playing his usual grumpy self he's actually enjoying it and you can tell and it's wonderful um
0: yeah he's his grumpy self but then he gets high on gummies so oh, you know i mean goodness. it's great <laughs> <laughs> so so good
2: i i and i'm not usually a big fan of jason siegel but i think he gives a wonderful performance i think he does a great job of bringing his like usual kind of sluppy kind of look at me i'm kind of a, a goofball guy while also bring this very earnest performance of someone who is struggling as a father to raise his daughter on his own um and the rest of the cast is also really good. Jessica Williams. She's fantastic in it as well. So funny brings so much wonderful humor. Um, yeah. The, the only thing I have against it is that I, as a, someone who works in that industry, I was like, I need them to hold him more accountable for what he does. And <laughs> I get the sense based on the way the season ends, that that may be happening in season two. So it
0: like, it might be headed in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm also happy to see. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, because it ends in like, oh, they just let him off the hook. I mean, I guess that's not what the show was about, but it kind of feels like they need to address it more. And then the end, you know,
0: there is. I mean, we could say that there is a cliffhanger. uh <laughs> I don't know how much they're hanging from
2: that cliff as much as they're (laughs) (laughs) plummeting off it.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert. But yeah, I'm so glad you picked it. I'm glad that you finally watched it. That makes me so happy. Uh, I'm glad that you loved it. That makes me even happier. I was just talking about the show the other day that somebody who just started watching it because they are like, I subscribe to Apple TV Plus and I never use it. And then they watch the show Uh, and they love it too. And it's the thing that I always say about it is that it is remarkable that it is about really serious, heavy stuff. It's about grief. It's about loss. It's about you know being a crappy parent a lot of the times it's about like and and yet it also and so it never it never sells out the seriousness of that stuff it never kind of goes halfway and then resolves easily at the end because it wants us all to feel happy but what it does manage to do is still mostly feel like a light fun hangout show where you're getting to be around these people and you get to have laughs and you get to it what it, it feels most of all like being around like a functioning family where there's like drama and emotions and sadness, but also light and love and joy. And I don't know how Bill Lawrence and Jason Segel and and company pulled that off, but it's remarkable. Anybody who likes the first season of Ted Lasso, this creative team is also responsible for. should definitely watch the show. It's much better than Ted Lasso, in my opinion. Uh, and it's just so good. And I'm glad that she picked it. Just outside of my top three, it's my number five for the year. So that is good company. What's uh, number four? But, uh, well, I don't want to spoil my my list. So not the last uh, of us. We know that if it comes up in your top three, I'll let you know. Otherwise, I'll let you know at the end. But, um, Bill, how about you, well, well? I should go next, right? <laughs> my number. My number three for the year is the bear fx is on hulu's the bear uh fantastic show in its first season really tough tough kind of bar to clear for a second season and they just knocked it out of the park it is such a great ensemble they 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 get into these like crazy messed up emotional stuff but they also are so kind of like the magic of coming together as a dysfunctional person and like meeting another dysfunctional person and and forming a partnership uh, is is something really special here there's these all these like incredible iconic episodes the spoons episode, which if you've seen it, is when the most obnoxious person on the show, who I absolutely hated, turns into your favorite character, and they—it's a magic trick that they pull off. By the time that he is singing in his car to Taylor Swift at the end of the episode, you're just like right there with them, bawling your eyes out. Uh, if you're me, uh, which I guess is <laughs> on brand, uh, but yeah, it's a great, great show. Anybody who's listened to this this podcast over the last year has heard me talk about it at length, so I'll—I won't go too in deep, but. It's an excellent show. And if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. My God, it's so good. (laughs) Bill, watch it. I know. I covered restaurants for 10
1: years. This should be like a no-brainer for me.
0: And also like the family dynamics and the cousins and the parental strife and the uh, the wanting to like to live your passion and but also like make that your career and how that can kind of warp it and twist it in different ways. There's so much that we can all relate to. I know
1: nothing about that. (laughs) I don't live so it every day.
0: So, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> def, it's 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 a really special show, and the fact that they pulled off the second season that was better and more iconic than the first is just really remarkable.
1: Can I ask you a question? So they're filming. No. It,
0: it, oh, fuck off. <laughs> All right. <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, of course you can ask me questions. So,
1: are you concerned about their third season if they're going to, if they can keep the magic going?
0: No, because I think that the hardest thing to do is to execute a second season. And I think if they executed a second season, when, so let me correct that. If you have an excellent first season, the hardest thing to do is to make a really strong second season because you have presumably spent five years, 10 years on your idea for what a first season of that TV show is going to be. You put all of your heart into it and then you get like three months and you're like, okay, do it again. (laughs) And that can be really, really challenging, and the fact that they exceeded all expectations and made it deeper, it made it stronger, it made it funnier, it made it more meaningful, more artistically beautiful, better guest stars that didn't feel attention grabby uh the fact that they pulled that off uh, gives me all the confidence in the world that they can continue to tell this story okay, just curious uh but let's go back to Josh for his first runner up uh 2023
2: okay my first runner up and i'm sorry because i'm pretty sure i'm gonna steal one of bill's but it is ahsoka from disney plus i ahsoka i'm sorry bill i'm sorry (laughs) i love this show i it it came on and i was a little worried because star wars and maps have become a little synonymous recently (laughs) um a little burnt out of that um, but it drew me back in
0: map oh no no
2: I, I don't want a geography lesson guys I'm I'm here to watch space wars and stuff and <laughs> it 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 really showed up in the end like I think the, the cast is fantastic I think they've got wonderful chemistry uh, Rosario Dawson has made Ahsoka her character I know that was originally a, a fear of, of mine and some other people think like how can you get this this character who's you know, beloved from the, uh, the clone wars and and rebels and bring them to life in a way that feels, you know, a natural progression of that. And I think she totally nailed it. And then of course I, I can't talk about that show without the incredible performance of Ray Stevenson, like truly like an incredible performance, you know, I mean, rest in peace to him. Like he, he really, you know, gave it his all. Um, and it's just peak star Wars. Like it is everything I want from a star Wars show. Um, and after, like, a pretty disappointing season of Mandalorian, like, there was nothing Man. like Ahsoka to, like, wash that taste in my mouth. So I am so glad that we got it. And I am so, so excited now that Dave Filoni has been, like, given the keys to the kingdom and just been told to, like, lead the way. Because I think if Ahsoka's any indicator, as we've all been saying for for a while now, he knows what he's doing. It's in good hands. So. ahsoka is my number two for
0: the year perfect i love that choice uh it's sadly just outside of my top 20 but it is a show that i really enjoyed and i've been telling anyone who loves star wars to watch it because it is better than they probably think it's going to be based off of like you said the recent track record which has been kind of spotty and i agree with everything that you said i love i I love this show um it's just kind of a stacked stacked year as it turned out um bill is ahsoka your runner-up
1: it is not Uh, It is the live adaptation of One Piece. That is my number two. Yeah. So I watched this show, essentially, Um, when we launched the Anime Pop podcast, which Josh, of course, is the co-host with my socially distanced podcast co-host, Amanda Rivas. She's like, Bill, I need you to watch the show. And like, can you watch the whole thing? Turns out, I think I was the only one who watched the whole thing. And that's how good it was. I was able to get through this series and like... 48 hours and i the first episode is very rough it's very cartoony and it's like it's an an uneven vibe but man by the second halfway through the second episode they find their footing and it, it is a really really fun show to watch the world building is amazing like the set work here especially there's a uh, again, we talked about my coverage of restaurants. There is a a floating restaurant, uh, a world that is, um, it's amazing. It's just like, it, it hits every, checks every box of something I like in a show. Um, it's a great hangout show with the crew they have assembled. Um, it gets, it gets emotional. It's very funny. It's uh, effects wise. Also works wonderfully as well. They tell a great monster of the week story, but also keep an overarching story throughout an entire series and keep it very relevant and very at the front of you. Even though it's overarching and should be in the back of your brain, it's always at the front. And it's such a fantastic show. And I'm so happy it got a second season because it's just this it's a real delight of a show like it's like anime is hard to adapt. And I'm not saying I'm very fluent in anime, but I've watched enough to know that uh, most people uh, lose the lose the spirit of it when it goes to live action. This did not. And that's also because the creator was heavily involved in it. And I just think it's such a wild and fun show. Alex, I don't know if you started it yet. Or even got into it. But I think you would like, I I would recommend it. Like, it's just, it's just wild. And you just cannot believe they're able to take this wacky concept of a show that's been running for 20 years and is on episode 1000 or something like that. And we're able to make it into a living, breathing, original, fun thing. Like, if you love the fifth element, for example. Which I do. Yeah. It definitely has some of those vibes to it. So I think you you would enjoy it. Like it definitely is very cool and it never feels chintzy or cheap and it never loses like the spirit of what like a fun, but also a, a sincerity to it that I think is really, a really amazing. So that's my number two. That's my first runner up. So if you haven't watched the One Piece series yet. Definitely check it out.
0: Does One Piece also have a uh, loosely inspired character based on the artist formerly known as Prince? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, then I'll be there for uh, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could be many characters, by the way. Great.
0: <laughs> and uh, Josh is like, all played by Chris Tucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: No, we don't talk about it. um But yeah, it's,
0: we don't. Wait, what did he do? Is he bad? Mm. Oh, no, I don't is he know. Bad? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Rush I mean, hour didn't. Rush hour didn't sense. age well, by the way. I, well, sure, I don't know if that's his fault, but that's definitely a true statement. uh Josh, uh I, how do you feel that the show that you and Amanda force Bill to watch? Made it all the way to number two on his list.
2: It makes me so happy. I'm so glad, Bill. Thank you again for coming on for our first episode. And I hope you know, Bill, that you have an automatic invitation for when we cover season two of One Piece whenever it comes out. Yes, I. Oh, well, I'm like,
1: well, it, it, I hope so because like that is great. And I was, I, I feel like if you watched Sandman last year, it was kind of like that same time period, same thing. I feel like this sticks to the ribs way more than Sandman. Thankful. Yeah.
0: And I'm going to make sure that I just endorse any, like, I recommend any pirate show to you moving forward because yeah. you're also a big uh, Our Flag Means Death fan. So, I that's Which like I didn't watch two. season and,
1: two yet. I haven't got to it yet. I heard it's It's great. pretty
0: solid. It's very, it's it's pretty solid. They they made a choice at the end of the season to, like, mm. they were supposed to do ten episodes and then they ended up only doing eight. And so the final episode feels like just, like, two episodes, like, smushed together. Uh, but, which is, you know, overall not that big of a deal. Uh, there are a lot of really good stuff in there. Didn't make my top 20, but very good fun show that I, I enjoyed watching its second season. I do, uh, didn't... I do enjoy Pirates, though. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, a uh, year after Tycho Atiti kind of lost everyone. Um, He is still very good on that show uh, as Blackbeard. So that's nice. Um, Not my choice though. Instead, a Taika Waititi related show is, and that's going to be Reservation Dogs, which is my number two of the year. This show, again, FX on Hulu. Uh, They didn't win my year in streaming, but they did win my heart because they're putting out a lot of really quality content and Reservation Dogs top among them. This was its third and final season. It kind of, it told a kind of complete story in its first two seasons And this season was sort of about what do we do after that, right? What do we do after we get the closure that we were looking for? What do we do after we've moved past this trauma that we experienced? Because, of course, this is a show that starts out being about a a group of teenagers living on a a a native reservation. Um, They're best friend uh and cousin has uh killed himself uh and they're kind of dealing with the fallout of that and that sounds super heavy and tough and sometimes it is and sometimes it's super silly and fun um and it is just a wild ride um over the course of those two seasons but they they reach a point at the end of season two where they are able to kind of like let go of that grief and move forward in a way and then this show does a really brave thing which says, well, what does that actually look like? Because that's how we end stories. But that's not how we live life. We have to keep, we have to then live after we reach that cathartic moment. And what does that look like for these kids? And then what did it look like for these generations that live on this in this community, uh, what what can uh, like the main characters' parents and grandparents' generation learn from their experiences, and uh, what what traumas did they have to go through that forged their group of friends and created these ties that bind them? as a community and it goes kind of backwards and forwards in time and you deal with spirits and you deal with, um, and uh, gods and ancestors and all sorts of stuff. It also just like fun hangout episodes. Um, and, it's just an incredible experience. Uh, it's hard to put into words because when you talk about it, it really feels like it must be a much ser- more serious show than it is, um, or that it maybe sells out the seriousness with jokes. And I think as you have heard me praise both The Bear and Shrinking Before It, like this is a group of shows that really managed to strike that balance in a way that at least worked really well for me. I love it. And it's, it's a really special show uh, that I, I hope more people watch now that it's concluded its run, uh, including... Both of my co-hosts who would absolutely love it if you gave well, it that's, a chance.
1: That's the bet. Remember? <laughs> we were doing the Emmy predictions. Whoever gets the most if if Josh and I get more right than you, you have to watch Great British Bake Off. And if right. we lose, we watch Reservation Dogs, which is uh honestly, it's not that that's not really a loss, I don't think, for either one of us. Win yes.
0: win. Although I'll finally have to learn the truth about Paul Hollywood. Uh but in the well, meantime the group <laughs> while we wait to, <laughs> <laughs> while we wait for that to happen, um, which I guess the Emmys are happening next month, so we'll be able to pay that off pretty soon. Um but in until then uh josh what was your number one show of 2023
2: so having launched an anime podcast this year i had to go with an anime um and it's one that i
1: i'm hoping it's one of the weird ones
2: it's it's not it's actually oh, not going to be i know it's it's not going to be uh the one about the vending machine or um, the one who uh does the uh the amazon shopping cart. Yeah. yeah yeah no this is a i mean the a fairly...
0: ghost who lived as a cat and now works for stamps.com that one <laughs> uh,
2: who could forget what a classic <laughs> uh, no this is one that is maybe a little bit more straightforward um and it's one that I only got into fairly recently, um, but it had an ending that I think absolutely landed the plane. And that is attack on Titan. Um, Ah. So uh, Amanda and I just um, talked about this on our November podcast uh, for uh, anime pop. And this was a show that for the longest time, I didn't think was actually going to end. Cause for those who aren't familiar, they had like so many, they only, it's only four seasons, but they managed to break up the show into like so many different parts. This fourth season took place over, Two halves and then two final episodes. And so this year we got the two final episodes, one in the earlier half of the year and then one just in November. And I think it is a tremendous achievement. Uh, I think it is, and, and I made this comparison um, on the other podcast, but I think it is to anime. Um, it's the anime version of Game of Thrones where it brings this this dark fantasy world to you and it has these incredible... Characters and this really like sobering conflict that comes with this really powerful message. Um, And I cannot, you know, praise it enough. I think the animation is gorgeous, I think the music is incredible. it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, as someone who definitely doesn't go for uh, the dark and depressing stuff, uh, you know, I, I just said, "Oh, I can't watch last one. That's too depressing." Th- this isn't exactly all sunshine and rainbows, but for me, it does have again like a real heart to it. That um, I don't. It, it made me just fall in love with it. So I, I definitely recommend it, uh, even to people who are not you know huge on anime. So um bill i think this is a show that if you gave it a try you would actually really like
1: i mean so, we, we ran the first like a review of it in the first season of it like gosh over 10 years ago like it's been going on for a long time yeah yeah no it
2: it, it they managed to turn you know 80 episodes into a 10 year project somehow uh which is impressive um but it, again i i just can't praise it enough so um, that's my was, pick for the year.
0: Was Attack on Titan directed by Martin Scorsese? <laughs> no, no. Maybe he'll do the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Netflix adaptation. Ah, nice. Okay, sure. By then, Netflix won't want to give him money. He'll have to get it from Crunchyroll or something. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, that's awesome. I'm, I honestly, when you said that it was a, an anime, I like typed in a different anime. I was like, I know what it's going to be. And then I was wrong. So that's fun. I love a surprise.
1: I think you were going to say Demon
0: Slayer. That was what I thought it would be. Yeah, Yeah. because I know you loved that so much. And that was, you know, very anticipated show. But I love that something came around and wowed you because that's the best feeling that you can have. Bill, did something come around and wow you in 2023?
1: Absolutely. My number one pick was something Josh already mentioned. That's Ahsoka. And uh, pardon me while I get very, very personal and emotional. So I have been a Star Wars fan since almost the day I was born. Uh, the first like <laughs> I always say adult movie I saw, but that sounds weird. Grown up movie, like I used to call them as a kid, uh, was Return of the Jedi. And it's something I shared with my dad. And it's now because of Ahsoka, something I share with my daughter. Uh she caught the first episode with me and was wowed by the fact that there were her words, not mine, three girls who are the heroes of the story. And for her, she was immediately hooked. We haven't finished the series yet, but she she dressed up as Ahsoka for Halloween. She has an Ahsoka Christmas ornament. And so for me, on a personal level, now this is something that has fully brought her into Star Wars. She's always been on the periphery with like BB-8 and Rey and Grogu. But this is what really brought her in because she saw three women being kick-ass heroes who were brave and they were they were they were tough and they were intelligent and that's what drew her to the show and for me now that's something i can share with her so on a personal level that's why this show is number one but also moving away from the dad side of things it's i was So excited every single week to turn this show on. And it has been quite a bit of time for me to say that even though I can tell you The Last of Us, I love watching it every week. It took me a while because I knew how heavy it was. There are other shows I've watched that have been like great, but it's "Ah, a little too much. Ahsoka was that show that I had to be there at 9 o'clock every week because it was a great adventure that was told every week. It was these beautiful characters that I only had a cursory knowledge of, thanks to Amanda. And I fell in love with all these characters, and it's immersed me into a world of Star Wars that I haven't felt in such a long time, like this really true, beautiful world of Star Wars that... I loved, okay, I love Mando season one and two, but those waters got muddied. This just feels like Dave, it doesn't feel like it is. It's Dave Filoni's love letter to this entire world. And you just feel it dripping off of every centimeter of the show. And those are the types of films and TV shows I love where every, every inch of your show is, or your project is there for a reason. And there's love and meticulousness to it. That's what I felt here And I cannot wait. This show could have been thirty episodes and I would have been there every single week. It was that good. And I cannot wait for season two. If you haven't watched it and you're a Star Wars fan, you are robbing yourself of one of the great Star Wars shows that has been created for Disney Plus. But
0: Bill, what if I haven't watched any of the cartoons?
1: You have to Okay. Homework existed (laughs) when you were in from grade school to college. You're an adult. Things will be explained to you. Stop (laughs) being a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i hate the homework part of it because every time someone says i need to I do homework to watch something it's literally explained to you
0: right away yeah. and it's
1: just you just don't want to watch
0: it. it well i think what it is is honestly that there is this whole internet economy around articles that say here's the 20 episodes of tv that you have to watch before you watch this thing or yeah. here's the 12 movies that you should and watch I, before well, this one and of... i think it just like it, it like convinces people that that's true yes. but the people who are making the shows and the movies are making it for people who don't read those articles <laughs> and i don't care and they want to maximize the amount of people who watch their their stuff so of course there's going to be stuff in there that you'll get you'll get it they they're making it for you too just just trust the process you know be open mm. to experiences don't watch something and be like oh man that was somewhat ambiguous i bet that if i had watched the tv show that was before this i would understand it better now i feel unsatisfied like sometimes stories are just told like that like the original star wars was <laughs> like that's mm. how we don't always need to know everything ahead of time it's okay the just other- watch the show enjoy yeah. it
1: I had one of my best friends was like, Oh, I'm gonna watch I'm like, have you watched Ahsoka yet? And a huge Star Wars fan. He's like, Oh, you know what? I didn't watch rebels so I'll watch the first. I said, No, do not watch six episodes of television to get to the show. Just watch it. And he did, and he loved it. Also, it's just like, I don't understand this whole phenomenon a uh, phenomenon where people were like, Well, I did I don't know what this is. The internet is such a great thing where you can look anything up. And if you like it, wow, wouldn't you want to dig into that more? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you see, just like, oh, who's this character? What's this? Oh, in this show in this episode great i'm gonna go watch this there's a beauty in, and i love shit like that and it's just like i don't i think people just sabotage themselves so they don't have to do it you know what i mean just like some dumbass i know who writes for pop rick who's like i'm not gonna watch the marvel films because ah, there's too many of them (laughs) until he he
0: was assigned homework and then loved it so sometimes homework does work and i will say (laughs) that i i do have a friend who i who is a star wars fan who had not watched any of the animated stuff and Didn't want to watch Ahsoka because of that. And I and I did I talked him into just like going head on into it because I thought that he would also really like the the stuff and so he spent all summer catching up and watching all that stuff and then watching Ahsoka and he loved every minute of it so if you have the time and you're willing to do it it's going to be a really rich and rewarding experience uh, but if you don't and you just want to watch one TV show just watch one TV show it's okay this is yeah. not like the, the reading the last fifty pages of a Russian novel like it's on Disney Plus you'll be fine relax yeah yeah uh, but a show that never made me feel relaxed is my number 2023 uh, best of the year and that is of course Succession it couldn't it. be anything else uh, I forgot incredible that was this show. year <laughs> well, it wasn't even that long ago it was this past spring uh, and it was excellent it owned uh my life for the entire time that it aired uh and it is a remarkable show the best drama on television the best comedy on television had an incredible uh finale uh where it did not pull its punches or give the audience what it thought it wanted instead it was consistent with the story that it was telling and was honest and true to that and i really respect it for that because it really disrupted a lot of the well who's going to win which of the roy children are going to win the company and all that stuff like and that was never the point of the show and the finale clarifies that for the fans who didn't realize that that was the case and infuriated some of them but i don't care because i wasn't one of them i knew what the show was from the beginning and enjoyed it all the way through um really incredible there's this one episode in the middle uh that just kind of took everybody by surprise and got like way too emotionally real uh i don't want to get too into detail in case maybe you haven't watched it uh but you should it's really excellent uh it's got one of the most incredible acting ensembles ever assembled on a drama uh really can't wait to see what all these people do next. Uh, it's so, so good. And I was so worried that they weren't going to be able to pull off the final season because that's so much weight and so much expectation. And the show grew so much in its popularity uh, like over the last few years. And the fact that when all eyes were on it, it just told one of the best sets of episodes of the whole run. It had a, I think this final season might be the best season. And it certainly was the best season of TV for me in 2023. So very excited to... Get to say that. I remember. And I know I, you guys I, I, have I wrote, not watched it at all. So <laughs> I, 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 have
1: watched episodes. I wrote the review of the first episode and I didn't like it. Uh, but yeah. then I watched, I watched the Boar on the floor episode, which I thought was. That's that wild. Some, yes, that's something else, man. <laughs> that's something else. I have it seen sure a bunch. Of, I have seen a bunch of episodes from season one. I haven't taken okay. from there, though.
0: It only gets better from there. Uh, so that was our favorite series of the year. Uh, now that usually means that it's the end of the show. But before we go, I have a little bit of a surprise. We're going to do a quick mini segment at the end that I did not let my co-hosts know about ahead of time um speaking of homework uh, this is a pop quiz folks uh so i'm um, not a real quiz don't worry it's okay i'm not gonna embarrass you uh at least not completely because at the start of the year we talked about our most anticipated series of 2023 um and i noticed that a few of our picks from that list uh did not actually make your best of list Uh, even though a couple of them did, so that's cool. Um, But since we're about to have our 2024 hype episode next month, I thought we could briefly reflect on our hopes and dreams for 2023 and explore why and how they withered and died. So, Bill, your most anticipated series of 2023 were... (laughs) um a remarkably great list of shows you really nailed it it was ahsoka poker face and the last of us so while you didn't finish poker face you liked what you saw and uh the other two made your top five, your top three so way to go you you anticipated correctly for once i i did something right <laughs> <laughs> you you said there's three shows i want to watch you watched two of them but you loved them so congratulations uh josh on the other hand Uh, His picks were Demon Slayer, the aforementioned Demon Slayer, The Mandalorian, and Secret Invasion. Now, uh, before we get to uh, the other two, Demon Slayer, did that live up to your hype? hype? Did that live up to your your super high expectations? That was number one, your most anticipated show of
2: 2023. Yes, it it just missed my top three, um, just because I thought the other three shows I mentioned were just so good um and the the arc itself wasn't as strong as the the previous season's arc uh the entertainment district arc for uh demon slayer so i i, I still think i was a huge fan of it I, I loved the the characters they introduced in that season um but yeah just not quite as strong as some of the other ones that
0: came out this year now would you say it was better than the mandalorian and secret invasion <laughs> without a doubt that is not even a question um no i I mean,
2: I was glad that there was something in the Star Wars universe that, you know, was satisfying this year. It just was not the Mandalorian. And no. then Secret Invasion was just a train wreck. So yeah. I, uh, I I feel bad that I uh, totally missed the, uh, the mark on those predictions. But Alex what were your predictions for this year? So my succession, predictions, had to
0: be no, I didn't have succession there. Um, as my most anticipated, because I was obviously looking forward to that, but that wasn't my number one two or three. Mm. I, <laughs> I made some choices. So number one, my most anticipated was the other two, which had its, third and final season yeah, and was great and actually was number four on my list of top five shows of the year so it it was it really lived up to expectations it was just a couple of things i ended up liking even more than i anticipated but i mean making him into the top five no complaints there uh then the next one on my list was Secret Invasion as well and man we I listened back to that segment and we were just like so optimistic that trailer was okay let's Mm -hmm. so young and naive. that trailer was really good sure Marvel is always good at making trailers and that should be a (laughs) remind us all where we get super hyped to be like calm down sometimes stuff isn't even in the movie that's in the trailer so we never know for sure um but yeah and then my last pick was one that I was super proud of at the time I thought oh this is gonna really no even has this show on their radar but it's gonna really pop it. and everybody's gonna be like oh very good job alex and that is the class of 09 by the brian Tyre yeah. henry show kate mara uh, is also on that um for fx on hulu and that's it's basically a show about it's tom rob smith who did the third season of american crime story um the giovanni or show um he's like a really talented writer I was really excited about him getting to do this miniseries about future crime. Basically, it's kind of like following this group of friends who are in the FBI, and you see them in in like three timelines: one when they're in school at Quantico, one when they're just getting their start in the FBI, and then one set in the future uh, where they're like, you know, in their like fifties and uh, wizened and and cynical. Uh, And this show is just like aggressively fine. If that pitch sounds cool to you, watch it. You'll have an okay time, you know, like it's, you're not going to be upset that you watched it, but you're probably not going to run out and recommend it to anybody else. You know, it's just like, it's aggressively fine. So that was a bummer to me because I I was hoping that it would be much more than than aggressively fine but uh definitely not nearly as bad as secret invasion so i was kind of like i got a dead on shot i got like a little bit outside and then i got a total like you know ball up in the bleachers uh in foul territory i don't know i've really not let that metaphor go a lot of good
2: sports metaphors today
0: alex yeah i don't know what's happening for me uh it's but yeah, and to, to let you know, uh, as I said, number four on my list uh, overall of the year was the other two. Number 43, Class of 09. So, you know. And Secret Invasion? Uh, 63 out of 63, Bill. Worst show Ooh. of the year for me. Beat out The Flash. Wait, final season of The Flash. Beat out
1: The Witcher Blood Origin? You should
0: just watch that uh, just to well, be like, I- come on. I only watched the first uh, episode and a half, should, I think. So that doesn't count. It. I don't, I can't. Don't do it. out. I have don't to listen, watch. Hey, yeah. I have to watch at least half of a show to rank it. Otherwise it's just, it's just disrespectful, you know? Um, But yeah. So do you want to, <laughs> do you want to hear my bottom five real fast? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so wait, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So my number 59, Ted Lasso fucking hated that season oh, so much. and oh, so you angry. <laughs> Uh, number sixty lessons in chemistry. Didn't finish it, but I watched two thirds wow. of it, and that was wow. enough. Oh, that dog uh, really fucked num- it up for you. numbers I mean, <laughs> I will never forget the dog at the very least. Uh, number sixty-one, another show that made me really mad was The Mandalorian, where I was just like, I've really hated everything that they did about the Mandalorian this season. Uh, Truly some loathsome stuff, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe people should go to jail. I don't know. Number uh, (laughs) 62 is The Flash, which ended its run in a real embarrassing uh, turn of events. It's just like, just not good. Just Just bad, 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 bad. Sorry. So happy that all of those people are free from that show now, finally. And then 63 is, of course, Secret Invasion, which is... You can hear more about my thoughts on Secret Invasion uh, next week in Bill vs. the MCU. (laughs) Um, And my co-host Bill is on that podcast. Bill, where else can people find more of your work on the internet?
1: I just want to say... uh... Alex, uh, thank you for another great year of TV break. As you can tell, you you picked some great shows for us to watch. We just really love the shit out of all of them. I can't wait for yeah. us to be reviewing game shows uh, in the first three months because what the fuck is coming out in 2024 besides that Fallout series? Because um, uh, there's not a lot. Uh,
0: and what channel is that Fallout series for? Uh, Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. So uh, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, okay. It's by uh <laughs> it's it's by the creators of Westworld. What could go wrong? Uh-
1: <laughs> go back and listen to the first episode of Goodbye to All That, uh and you'll find <laughs> out why. Uh yeah. So as for me, I'm at Rights on X, and then uh, most importantly, check out popbreak.com. every single day. The last fourteen years, we've been doing great stuff on, on film and TV and music and comic books and anime. Um, we are at the Pop Break on X, on Blue Sky, on YouTube, on Instagram, and Facebook. As for me personally, of course, the aforementioned Bill versus the MCU, uh, we'll be doing our uh, movie episode and movie and TV episode, I should say, and then. Uh, also, socially our distanced.
0: MCU Phase Five check-in. Of course, That's he, what we're he doing. knows.
1: He knows what it's called. And then we're uh, socially distanced right now. We drop every single Friday. We're currently in our Doctor Who review series. Uh, we just did Star Beast. Next week, we're going to be uh, Randy Elaine from the uh, soon-to-be released Every Pod You Cast the Police. Podcast, uh, not the law enforcement, but Sting and the boys. Uh, he's going to be on. We're going to be talking about the uh, Wild Blue Yonder, and uh, then we're going to do our uh, final three episodes of the year, which is going to be our Home Alone review. If you know, you know. Um, Alex, our annual out, Al- we make Alex watch episode, which is going to be Elf. Uh, which no one but Alex has to watch because we've all watched it a million times. And then we have our uh, best of 2023 episodes. So yeah, and writing-wise, go check out my new Pop 5 for November. And apparently I'm writing a review of The Marvels, of Wish, two comic books, and like five shows. Hopefully I just uh, can find time to write all that stuff real soon.
0: I hope you wish upon a goat to get a little bit of free time so you can, uh, write I, those reviews. I actually
1: like. I thought wish was a delightful film. So
0: I'm happy for you. I did not watch it. So I have no judgment. Uh, Josh, uh, do like you any judgments, was- final <laughs> judgments before we go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed wish. I have, I have no idea how that is built, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, people can find me in my wish, uh, on the anniversary brothers podcast where, um, every month we talk about our favorite, uh, tv shows and films anniversaries Aaron and i just recorded an episode earlier this uh today and we talked about the anniversaries for uh sleepless in seattle and you've got mail so Motherless. very much out of our usual wow. uh track wow. but it was a, a wow, fun I sh- one so. i should have let
1: my mom listen to that one
2: Yep, yeah, there you go send it Thanks. to I Senator. love those
0: movies because in each of them, one half of the couple are total sociopaths and like the movie. I feel like people don't talk about that enough when they talk about either of those movies.
2: Oh, we talk about it. Don't you <laughs> worry, Alex, we talk about it. it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So people can find that on uh, the pop break today feed. And people can also find Erin um, and mine's uh, TV podcast on the Pop Break TV feed. And I can also be found on the Anime Pop podcast that was aforementioned with my co-host Amanda Rivas, where last month we talked about um, Attack on Titan, which was a really uh, wonderful discussion. And this month, we're going to have Alex Margus joining us to talk about The Boy and the Heron. So i uh, yes. very excited that we had Bill on earlier this year for that podcast. And that Alex is going to be able to join us for the end of the year. So looking forward to it and encourage people to listen. It's going uh, to be great.
1: Alex, we got to ask you, buddy, where can we find you on the World Wide
0: Web? Yeah, so you can follow me on Letterboxd at Media Thinkings. I just watched. Godzilla minus one the most amazing movie of the year turns out shockingly uh, you can see my review for that over there um, also you can follow me on blue sky at Alex Marcus you could follow um, this podcast feed pop break TV you can follow the other podcast feed pop break today uh, again Bill versus the MCU uh, very proud of that in addition to uh, you know our MCU check-in which we did uh, and is coming out soon uh, next month we're going to be doing our Figies award me and Bill have been prepping for it. It's so... I think it's gonna be really fun. I'm very excited for people to hear what we have in store for them. That's of course where we wrap up our year coverage and give out lots of fun and serious, sometimes, awards. And uh, we got a lot of stuff because we had to talk about Phase 5 of the MCU. We had to talk about uh, the first... phase of the Defenders saga over on Netflix from seven years ago and we got to talk about the first four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so it's a big um, grab bag of fun Marvel goodness uh, over on the Faye Awards next month and, uh, and like I said, next week uh, we were talking about the Marvels, we're talking about Loki season two, we're talking about uh, what went wrong with secret invasion? So definitely check all that stuff out. Also, uh, Batman by the numbers podcast uh, idea with Dan Cohen. Uh, we had a really fun episode, uh, this past month of November, uh, where we talked about the members of the bat family who have not made it to the live screen yet. Uh, and who we think should. And uh, there are some pretty hot takes. Uh Marshall from Bird Watchers came oh, on man. to help us with that ranking and uh uh well Josh, you listened. What did you think of our episode?
2: Oh, I listened too. Oh uh Tim Drake fans, be
1: warned. My God, it just you guys broke Dan in half. Five minutes <laughs> Really in.
0: did. It's a fun, fun listen. I hope you guys uh, check it out and enjoy. But until next time, guys, Bill, uh, Josh, thanks again for another year of TV break. Uh, this podcast would not be possible without you guys except for the months when you don't come. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I will see you guys what in 2024. four
1: years.